But this morning, I just want to talk to you about, you know, we've been believing God for breakthroughs, breakthroughs in our pursuit of God, wanting to get closer to God. And we're believing God for answer to prayer. We're believing God to open up heaven and release his blessing over our life. Isn't that right? And I believe that he is. I believe that, that, you know, God is not a God that he should lie. He don't have to repent. Amen. Because if he said it, he's going to do it. Right. And he said, if you seek me, you're going to find me. And he said, if you pursue me, I will pursue you. Amen. And so this morning, I just want to talk to you about about barriers to our pursuit, because I believe sometimes we pursuing God, but we don't get the breakthrough that we're desiring. And uh, and sometimes they're barriers, spiritual walls that block us from receiving our spiritual breakthroughs. Y'all agree with that? Do you think that's true? In the Old Testament book of Micah, there was a prophetic word given the children of Israel and uh, declaring their deliverance from Babylon captivity. Now, you remember, they ended up in captivity of in Babylon because of their disobedience to God and because they disobeyed his laws. And he allowed them to be held captive for for 490 years but the lord delivered them but before he delivered them before he would release them from the control and the bondage of the babylon people uh he, he uh he had to give them a breakthrough because the the people didn't want to let him go. It was like the, the Egyptians. How many of you know the Egyptians didn't want to let Israel go? And and how many of you know Satan don't want to let you go? Amen. But you know, they had to be delivered from the control of the of the Babylon captives. And the Lord gives this gives them this encouraging word, this assuring word through the prophet Micah, and this is what it says in Micah 2.13, says the one who breaks open the way will go before them. They will break through the gate and out and go out and their king will pass through before them the Lord at their head. And so the, through the prophet Micah, he says, the one who breaks open the way. How many of you know that the Lord is the master of the breakthrough? He opens the way. He says, I will break through the gate and you will be able to go out. And by the way, I'm going to be head in the pack. I'm going to be the, the Lord is going to be the first one through it. Amen. So basically the prophet, uh, the, the prophetic word given to Israel was this. The Lord is going to give you a breakthrough. The Lord is going to remove the barriers, the gates, the, the symbolic barriers that's keeping them from their deliverance. And I believe the point here today is that uh, like the Israelites, I believe that some of us are here today and we're desiring greater breakthrough. We're desiring just a greater a dimension of liberty and freedom in the Lord. We're desiring to, to, to experience God in a greater way, but there's some barriers keeping us from being able to experience that. Amen. There's some barriers. They're hindering us from our pursuit of God, hindering us from uh, succeeding uh, in, in our pursuit of God. There is barriers that keep us from experiencing experiencing the answered prayer that we've been desiring. But I believe the Lord is saying to us today, I want to remove those barriers because I'm the God of the breakthrough and I want to remove those barriers so you can experience a greater breakthrough than you've ever experienced before. Amen. Do y'all believe that? That he's the God of the breakthrough. Now the question is, what are these barriers? What's keeping me? What's holding me back? Well, I, I don't think I could exhaust the list today. But I just want to take a moment to just talk about 
four barriers, I think, that sometimes stand in the way. And I just, as I'm looking out over you right now, I know, I don't know what's going on in your heart and your life, but man, you know, there's all kinds of things. There's all kinds of problems. There's all kinds of trials. There's all kinds of tribulations. There's all kinds of struggles that are, that are represented out here. And I know that you're here today. You trust God. You believe God. And you know that He is a God that can do all things. And you're wanting to get a breakthrough, but sometimes, even in our desire, we don't seem to be able to accomplish that which we want to accomplish in our heart. And it's because there's some barriers. So what are those barriers? Well, let's just look at them. The first barrier is unconfessed sin. Now, before you mentally check out right now, let's talk about it for just a moment. You see, whether we realize it or not, sin blocks our pursuit of God. It always did and it always will. It started in the garden. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden? As soon as they ate that forbidden fruit, they went and hid themselves from the Lord. Their relationship with God was strained. And since the time in the garden, that same root of sin is still operating in the world today and it still hinders our relationship with God. Isn't that true? And so listen, unconfessed sin blocks our prayers and keeps us from getting a breakthrough. In Isaiah chapter 59 in verse 1, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor is ear so dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Now, we know when we get saved, God washes our sin, he erases all our sin. But how many of you know, if we choose to walk and live and practice and participate in sin, it's going to hinder our relationship with God. Y'all believe that? You see, there's theologies going on in churches today that that are just, uh, you know, they're discounting the power or the or the negative effect of sin. But the wages of sin is still death today, brothers and sisters. And so Isaiah tells us unconfessed sin creates a barrier that blocks our relationship with God. Unconfessed sin creates a barrier that hinders us and keeps us from getting spiritual breakthroughs. And that's what the Isaiah said in verse 2. Your iniquities have made a separation between you and God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Now, King David experienced the barrier of unconfessed sin. In, in Psalm 32, in verse 3, he said, When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. I, and I groaned all day long. How many of you know that's a negative effect right there? Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy upon me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. And then finally, I confessed all my sins to you, and I stopped trying to hide my guilt. And I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me, and all my guilt is gone. Now remember, David was the king of Israel. He was God's chosen servant. God saw so highly of David that he picked him to lead the children of Israel. Once he sinned with Bathsheba and he murdered Uriah, he found himself in a pickle. And see, something supernatural happens when we own up to and take full responsibility for our sin. See, breakthroughs happen when we willingly confess and repent and walk away from sin. Do you all agree with that? And so David learned that. He, he learned that unconfessed sin creates a barrier and keeps you from a breakthrough, but confession and repentance removes the barriers and allows you to experience the breakthrough. 
How many of you know there's power in confession and repentance? David said, finally, I confess my sins. And you st- and I stopped trying to hide my guilt. And I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me and all my guilt is gone. That's the breakthrough right there. And so listen, David experienced a breakthrough as soon as he confessed and repented of his sins. You know, in Isaiah 59, the children of Israel fasting and praying. They're fasting and praying and they're not getting a breakthrough. And the Lord comes on the scene and he said, hey, the reason why you're not getting a breakthrough is you're not fasting and praying correctly. And, and so even in our pursuit of God, we can be, you know, we can be starving ourselves to death. But it's not going to help us if we choose to hide and, and, and hold on to our sin. We got to uncover it. And we uncover it through repentance and confession. In Acts chapter 3, 19, it says, Therefore repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Isn't that true? There's a refreshing that comes when we just say, Lord, I am wrong. My attitude is wrong. My heart is wrong. My behavior is wrong. You see, listen, is is you can receive a breakthrough with right here, right now, right? Y'all hearing what I'm talking about? And so listen, the prodigal son is a great example of that, of the power of confession and repentance. Remember in Luke 15, when he came to his senses, the Bible says, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I'm starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. How many of you know the prodigal son's life changed that day as soon as he confessed and repented of his sin and decided to go back to the father's house? And so could it be that somebody in here right now is not getting a breakthrough because we're, we're not being transparent? I think so. Because I know you're made of the same material I am, and I'm just like Adam. Whenever I sin, I want to hide myself. I want to hide myself from God and say, God, I hope you didn't see that. But man, he sees everything. He's better than parents. They see through walls and God sees through walls as well. Amen. Come on. He could see through dark. Amen. When nobody's eyes are on us, his eyes are always on us. And so whenever I, whenever I blow, uh, whenever I blow it, I want to just, I just say, Lord, I love you. I love you. Yeah, but what about what you just did? I love you, Lord. I love you. Well, come on, let's deal with what you just did. Come on, are y'all with me out there? And so, you know, I, I believe that unconfessed sin creates a barrier, but confession and repentance removes the barrier. And you know what confession is? It's agreeing and admitting to God wrong in our life. Now, let me just stop for just a moment and say this. Sin is not just prostitution and adultery. You see, we have categorized sin and say, oh, yeah, I lied a little bit, but that's not really, that's, that's kind of like a little white sin. No, it's sin. Oh, I cheated a little bit. I fudged a little bit, but oh, it's not that. I mean, I mean, they got people out there that are just bad. And we compare ourselves with others and we discount our sin. But confession is admitting that what I'm doing is wrong. It's agreeing and admitting to God wrong in my life. That's confession. But repentance is changing my mind and attitude and being willing to walk away from that behavior. So confession and repentance is, first of all, 
I admit with God that something in my life is not right. But repentance is, I'm willing to change what's not right in my life. You see, because I can confess, Lord, I'm sorry for, for doing that. And then go right back into that mud hole. But how many of you know that if I'm truly repentant, I don't want to go back to that mud hole. And if I find myself back in that mud hole, I'm quick to say, God, have mercy on me. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. I want out of this mud hole. Amen. Y'all with me out there? And so, see, that's the difference. And I believe that there could be somebody here today that's stuck. You're stuck. You know, I've seen it over and over again. People coming up to the altar. And they come up to the altar and say, what can I pray with you about? And, and I'm praying until my veins are popping out. Lord, bless them, touch them. And, you know, and they just sitting there like a like a wooden statue. And I'm saying, oh, my prayer is weak. You know, and I'll say, hey, is there anybody you holding bitterness against? Uh, yeah. Well, why don't you confess that to the Lord and ask him to forgive you? Lord, I've I've. I repent. And all of a sudden, it's like the heaven's gates open up. And the love of God just falls. Come on, isn't that true? Isn't that true? And see, so listen, whenever God brings conviction, listen, I don't like to talk about this. It's not one of those feel-good points. It's not one of those praise the Lord points. You know what I mean? And as a pastor, it's easy to preach those praise the Lord points. But my goodness, if I want to get you to be able to praise the Lord, I got to get you out of the mud hole that you're in. Amen. And because that's there's no way you're going to. And so listen. So repentance and confession, unconfessed sin creates a barrier. And you say, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. You know, somebody will come and say, you know, I don't know. I can't feel like I can go forward with God and my, my children are in rebellion and I'm struggling and I, and I can't seem to have, I don't, we don't have peace in my house. And I'll say, well, well, listen, you know, do you think there's anything in your life that's out of line? Well, it might be because we're not married. Well, yeah. Yeah. It will block God's grace in your life. It'll keep you from getting a breakthrough. Confess it, repent, change your life, and move on. So times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Amen? Y'all ready to move on now? Say amen. The second barrier that hinders breakthrough is the barrier of doubt. Now, doubt means to waver in opinion, to switch positions between believing God and not believing God. See, doubters believe God one minute, then doubt God the next minute. They believe God will deliver them one minute, then they don't believe God will deliver them the next minute. You ever been there? I need to raise both of my hands, my feet, my toes, my fingernails and everything, right? They believe God will provide for them one day and they don't believe God will provide for them the next day. You know how you're doubting God when you're filled with fear and you're filled with anxiety. I know I'm not trusting God. That's not in my notes. I think that's by the Spirit right there. 
Doubt becomes a barrier to receiving and experiencing spiritual breakthroughs in your life. James chapter 1, James said, But if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But you must ask in faith without any... For the one who is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. Being double-minded, unstable in all his ways. And so as you can see, doubt creates a barrier to answered prayer. And so, man, I got to learn how to believe God. Remember when Peter was able to walk on the water? You know, that was a blessing until the stronghold and the barrier of doubt hit him. In Matthew 14, 14, Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and he walked on water and he came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him. And he said to him, you of little faith, why did you? When they got in the boat, the wind stopped. So doubt caused them to sink. So faith caused Peter to walk on water. Doubt caused Peter to sink. Man, I can so relate to that. Whenever I have faith and I'm trusting God, I seem to be walking on water, walking on top of my circumstances. But whenever I begin to doubt the Lord, I sink under my circumstances. Doesn't, don't you feel that same way? And so listen, Peter learned that just as doubt creates a barrier keeping you from a breakthrough, faith removes that barrier and allows you to experience the breakthrough. See, faith increases our chances of increasing, of, of increases our chances of receiving a breakthrough. The more I believe God, the more I trust God. The scripture says without faith, it's impossible to believe God. The righteous shall live, not just be saved by faith. The righteous shall what? Live by faith. In other words, all our talking, walking, sleeping, eating, everything about our life has to be with faith. And in Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus said, said to them, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. Amen. So faith is an important component to breakthroughs, right? And so although doubt builds a barrier to breakthroughs, faith breaks those barriers. Jesus says, because of your faith, it will happen. And what is faith? It's trusting God. It's relying on God. It's believing God. It's putting your confidence in God. And every one of us will have a chance to exercise our faith, to strengthen our faith, to grow our faith, to use our faith, because we will always face something in our life that is out of our control, that we can't resolve, that we can't fix on our own, that we will have to totally trust and rely on God to fix it. Amen? And it seems like God takes pleasure in getting me there. Because he wants to grow me and strengthen me. You know, it seems like we can just go so many days without having our faith tested. Right? You know, in the late 1800s, have you ever heard of uh, the missionary George Mueller? In the late 1800s, George Mueller he was called the father of the orphans. And he was responsible for feeding thousands of orphans. And, um, and, and um, he did this by faith, just trusting God. He wouldn't let anybody know his needs. Uh, but sometimes the kids would go days without any food. 
But he continued to believe God, trust God, and wait on God. And the miracles George Mueller seen was an unbelievable, miraculous things that God would do. And, uh, and over the years, George Mueller began to develop a reputation of not being just a father of orphans, but like Abraham, the father of faith. I mean, he was so strong in his faith. And, and seeing how God miraculously provided, people began in, uh, becoming interested. Lord, uh, George, how did you grow your faith? How is your faith so strong? And George Mueller gave him a recipe for increasing or growing their faith. And he said, number one, read the Bible and meditate on it because God becomes known to us through prayer and meditation upon his word. How many of you know faith comes by hearing the word of God? Amen. And so, you know, I find that whenever I'm getting filled with anxiety and fear and worry and all that stuff, the more time I spend in the word, the more faith I'll have. Amen. But number two, seeking to maintain an upright heart and a good conscience before God. So that's really important. And we just talked about that in the last point. But he said, number three, if we desire our faith to be strengthened, we should not shrink back from opportunities where our faith may be tried and therefore through trial be strengthened. So in other words, he's saying, don't despise trial. Look at it as, as you're in the God's gym and he's growing your faith. Amen. And the stronger your faith comes, the more victories you can receive. Amen. And then the fourth thing he said, let God work for you when the arrow of trial comes and be careful not to work a deliverance of your own. Trust God. Trust God. Now, I know some of you today are facing some mountain type situations. And I want to encourage you to purpose to trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Man, it sounds so easy to say. Trust God. But man, it's not so easy to do. Right? But we got to work on it. James says, if you lack wisdom, ask God. But don't doubt. Trust God. If you're going to ask Him for wisdom, trust that He'll give you wisdom. Are y'all with me out here? And you see, the way that I see it, I'm guilty of the sin of doubt many times. I'm guilty of it. And I have to say, Father, I'm not trusting you. I'm not relying on you. God, help me. Lord, I believe. But like the disciples said, I believe. But help my. Yeah, help me, Lord. Amen. The third barrier that hinders our breakthroughs is spiritual opposition. And obviously, this is a no brainer, but sometimes the barrier that blocks our breakthrough is not a natural, but a spiritual opposition. And so, you know, whenever you think about receiving a breakthrough, sometimes, you know, I, I, I'm not interested in looking behind every rock to find a demon or blaming everything on demons. But at the same time, I believe that I need to be aware that I'm in a battle, I'm in a fight. And it's a spiritual fight and it's a spiritual battle. And you see, my challenge is not to find a demon under every rock. My challenge is to remember that I'm in a spiritual battle. Sometimes things happen to me and I just quickly just personalize it and say, what well, must be me, something I'm doing. Sometimes I forget that there's an adversary out there that hates me. And he doesn't want me to succeed, nor does he want you to succeed. Amen. And we have to realize that. And so Peter instructs us concerning spiritual opposition. In 1 Peter 5, 8, he said, stay alert. Watch out. Your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 
Stand firm against him and strong in your faith. And remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering that you are. And so Paul encourages us to stay awake, stay alert, watch out for the spiritual attacks of the enemy. And then he reminds us that much of the suffering we face in life is the result of the spiritual battles we face. And then he says there are Christian brothers and sisters all over the world that are going through much suffering as a result of this spiritual battle that we're fighting. Amen? And so sometimes we go through trial and tribulation and we say, God, where are you? And God's saying, there's an adversary trying to take you out. Rise up, man of God. Rise up, O woman of God. Stand your ground and don't let him push you over. Amen. Are y'all with me out there? There's some of us here today that are suffering hardships and sometimes it's spiritual opposition of the enemy. Spiritual opposition is a strong barrier. And then, you know, whenever, remember Daniel, whenever he was fasting and praying, he was praying for 21 days. And, and remember, the angel was trying to give him the answer and he encountered the prince of Persia. And he, he battled with the prince of Persia before the end. That's a picture of there's demons out here in the heavens. There's demons out there and they hate the people of God and they'll do everything they can to try to hurt the people of God. And so we need to be aware of that. There's always demonic opposition trying to keep you from making headway. In 1 Corinthians 69 says, a wide door for effective work is open to me and there are many adversaries. So remember, Satan doesn't want you to get a breakthrough and he'll do all he can to keep you from making headway. There are adversaries. And that's why Peter said, stand firm. Stand firm against and be strong in your faith. We need to learn how to do warfare. We need to learn how to do warfare. God has given us spiritual authority to fight our spiritual battles. Remember in Luke 10, 19, and he says, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and nothing will injure you. You see, one of the great, greatest days of a Christian is to realize that he has authority in the spirit realm. It's one of the greatest days because if you don't realize your authority, you know, it's like parents that have children and they don't realize they have authority and they let the children rule the roost and run the house. Well, the day the parent wakes up and realizes that he's the parent and he has authority, all of a sudden, the children have to fall in line, amen? Or they have to find another place to stay and another place to eat, amen? But listen, whenever we as children of God realize that we have authority over the enemy and we rise up and we say, no, you're not going to kick me here and there and you're not going to keep trying to push me down and discourage me and depress me in the name of Jesus, I command you to move back. Amen. And so we need to learn how to do warfare. So by faith, we need to pray. Second Corinthians 10 and 4 says the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but powerful. So how do you do spiritual warfare? I think Jesus answers the question in Matthew 19 when he says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven. Whatever you loose is earth is already loosed in heaven. The Good News translation says, what you prohibit on earth will be prohibited in heaven and what you permit on earth will be permitted or permitted in heaven. Not permitted, but permitted in heaven. Amen. I'd like to be able to permit some things, wouldn't you? But see, Paul learned to exercise spiritual authority. And, and he was able to move the kingdom forward. And you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't claim to be an expert. I encourage you to get the book. He teaches my hand to war. That'll help you. 
it's in the coffee shop. It's like five bucks. I encourage you to get it. I think one of the brothers is going to be doing a life group on that. But, but you know, I, I don't know how to do it all, but I, this is the way that I see it. The enemy's out there. His demonic oppression is out there, and he's always trying to attack me. So sometimes, you know, in fact, at the beginning of 2015, it seemed like every Sunday morning I woke up, whenever I got ready for church, I got bombarded with these lies and these deceptions and these things. And my mind was just like, and I was, uh, you know, and then I just began to see the pattern of it. And it's like, wait a minute, there's a, there's a correlation here. Sunday morning, this thing hits me. And so I just began to, you know, I felt like the Lord say, hey, come on, come on, rise up, man of God, you're the pastor. Come on, you, you need to know how to do spiritual warfare. And I just began, I just began on Sunday morning and as soon as my eyes opened, say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I forbid any spiritual opposition from working in my life today in Jesus' name. See, it's really not that complicated, but I, I have authority and I'm exercising my authority and I'm saying not in my name, but in the name and the power of Jesus Christ, I forbid any spiritual opposition from working in my life, my wife's life, my children's life, my grandchildren's life, my church life. I declare right now in the name, I forbid spiritual opposition from working over my life. Amen. And then you don't stop there and you get over to the loosing part. I release the Holy Spirit. I release the angels of God. I release the anointing of God that breaks yokes. And I declare right now in the name of Jesus, the authority and the anointing of God is breaking every yoke right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's what I know about warfare right there. But I believe it's sufficient to get the job done. Amen. In fact, I feel the air a little bit clearer right now, just even after doing that. Amen. Come on. Now, listen, you have to learn to do that over your life. You need to stand up in your house, in your living room, and say, in the name of Jesus, I cancel every assignment of the enemy. I break the power of darkness, and I command evil to move right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Do it when nobody's there. They won't think you're crazy. Amen. <laughs> and if they walk in and you got your bear, you're, you're in the middle of it, and they say, what's going on? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Just, just having a little talk with God. Amen. But listen, you can change the atmosphere. You can change the atmosphere in your school. You can change the atmosphere in your workplace. You can change the atmosphere in your home. You can change the atmosphere in your neighbor. I, 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 I declare you can change the atmosphere in your city. You can change the atmosphere in a nation. Amen. We can make a difference, saints of God. We can make a difference. Y'all believe this this morning? And so sometimes our breakthrough is because we're not engaging the enemy. Amen. That's why you need to get in the prayer Sell. Learn how to pray. Next Sunday, or is it next Sunday, 9.45? We need to learn how to pray. Do warfare. And then finally, the fourth barrier that hinders our breakthrough is an unyielded and unsurrendered will. Or self-centered will. Some people never get a breakthrough because they never ask God for a breakthrough. And that's what James says. You do not have because you do not ask. Let me just pause one minute to say, there is power in asking. There's power in asking. You know, and, and I just heard a story, and I wish I could recall it right away. 
But I just heard a story recently that somebody prayed for their loved one for years and years and years. Well, let me rem- let me just think. I-, I remember now. Remember, we told you this man that was in his 90s that just died. He had two children, I think, or more that were saved. And they would prayed for his salvation for 40 years. And a couple of weeks before he died, Tony Mouton, I think he's here somewhere, but God laid on Tony's heart. Tony knew the man and knocked on his door and walked in and led him to the Lord. And a few weeks later, he died and the children didn't even know about it. And they found out after he passed away that somebody had led their dad to the Lord. I'm saying ask and you shall receive. Don't give up. Don't quit. Come on, ask the Lord. Amen. But then listen, some people never get a breakthrough, not because they never ask, but because they have an unyielded or self-centered will. And James said in James 4, 2, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you might spend it on your pleasures. So the wrong, the, the wrong motive is it will keep you. You see, the reason some people never get a breakthrough, even whenever they pray and even when they seek God is because they're seeking God, listen, for their own agenda and not God's agenda. He said, you're asking and you're not receiving because you want your own thing. James says, an unyielded, selfish, self-centered prayer is hindered. So listen, our aim and our motive in breakthroughs should be not what gives us pleasure, but what gives God pleasure. Amen? Our aim and motive in seeking breakthroughs should not be our selfish desires, and self-centered will, but the desire and will of God. See, somehow we got to get past that the Lord is like Santa Claus. And he gives you what you want for Christmas. Are y'all with me out there? We got to get to the point where we want Jesus more than we want his gift. We want Jesus more than what we want from him. Amen. And sometimes he's saying, no, listen, you asking for all this stuff. If I gave you all that stuff, you're going to blow yourself up, man, because you don't honor me. You don't reverence me. You don't respect me. And so if I would bless you, you would just you would self-destruct, man. So why don't you just seek me and get a reverence and fear for me? Then I can open up the gates of heaven and pour out a blessing and it won't ruin you, but it'll help you build my kingdom. Come on, I, even though I just said it, I think that's good preaching right there, amen? But listen, our prayer should be as Jesus taught us, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? The prayer of the Lord is always, or the prayer the Lord always answers is the prayer prayed in surrender and submitted to the Lord's will. And Jesus is our example. Even during the most difficult time of his life, whenever he was in the garden and he knew he was going to the cross and he wanted, he, he didn't want to go to the cross. But nevertheless, in Luke twenty two forty two, he said, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. Yet I want what you, your will to be done, not mine, not mine. Jesus was willing to do the Father's will even though it meant suffering for the sake of doing his will. And I think we have to get so yielded and surrendered in our, in our relationship with God that we want him and his will more than we want his hand 
and what he can give us. Does that make sense? Would you do me a favor and stand? And the real breakthrough comes when we totally surrender to the Lord. We totally yield to the Lord. Can we just take a moment right now to just, to just think about what we just talked about? I want to just take a moment to just ask you, if you're here today and and maybe there's a barrier of unconfessed sin in your life. I'm not going to embarrass you or point you out because the Father is not like that, right? But can I just encourage you, just close your eyes for just a moment and just in your heart, would you just open up your heart to the Lord and just say, Lord, I confess that there's there's something in my life that's not right. And I want to make it right. Lord, would you forgive me? Just ask the Lord to forgive you. And just make a decision right now to, to just stop, to turn around. Maybe you need to change your attitude. Maybe you need to change your your heart. Maybe you just need to, maybe you find yourself even fighting with Christianity, fighting with godly things. Maybe you just need to repent of that and just say, Lord, would you forgive me? I believe the Lord will give you a breakthrough. Thank you, Father. Now, maybe you're here today and you say, man, God, I'm struggling with doubt. I'm struggling with doubt. I ask him to help me and then I I stay up all night worrying and I'm struggling. I, I need to I need to grow my faith. I need to strengthen my faith. Come on, just just be honest with the Lord right now and just say, Father, God, I, I don't want to doubt. I want to trust you. I want to rely on you, Lord. I need your help this morning. Would you help me? Would you help me, Father, to trust you? Would you help me to rely on you? Would you help me to believe in you? Come on, can you do that right there and just say, Lord, help me. I don't want to stay up at night. I don't want to be bound by fear. I don't want to live in anxiety and worry. I don't want to have to bite my fingernails off every day because I have so much so much fear in my life. I want to be free today in Jesus' name. Come on, just tell Him that right now. Or maybe some of you, maybe you're just encountering some spiritual opposition and you didn't even realize it. You didn't even think about it. But maybe you just need to rise up, man of God. You just need to rise up, woman of God. And you just need to take spiritual authority over your life, over your family, over your household. Come on, right now, maybe the Lord is just stirring you to just say, come on, come on, come on, rise up, man of God. And then maybe some of you in here, maybe you just you, you need to surrender and you just need to say, I need to pray more prayers. Thy kingdom come thy will be done instead of my will be done and and 
my kingdom come. Come on, just right there. Let's just yield to the Lord. Can we pray together? Let's just open our heart before the Lord and, and let's just thank Him for His grace and His mercy and His blessing that is being released. Lord, I thank You that You're removing barriers today. That Lord, You're crumbling barriers. Lord, that You're pulling down strongholds. Lord, thank You, Father God, that Lord, You've given us headway today in the name of Jesus. I thank You and I praise You, Lord, that there's a release of Your anointing and Your power and Your presence right now over this house and over this place in the name of Jesus I declare all the opposition of the enemy broken right now in Jesus name I declare that every plan and tactic of the enemy is canceled right now in Jesus name I declare the curse is broken and the blessing of the Lord is over the people of God today I declare we're the head and not the tail we're above and not beneath we're more than conquerors I declare I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me thank God that nothing can hold us back. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Father, I thank you now and I praise you, Lord, for the release and the anointing of God that is here today to break yokes. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now listen, some of you here today, maybe you need to, maybe you feel a need to just respond to, to what was just taught our altar is going to be open here maybe you're just believing for a breakthrough you need somebody to stand with you and believe with you for that breakthrough and sometimes when when somebody joins with you that's when the breakthrough happens amen so i want to encourage you you know don't leave if you feel compelled to come up and get prayer because we're going to be here to pray amen amen don't you feel the presence of God in this place right now? Don't you feel His, His sweet presence in here? Aren't you hungry and ready to go break your fast? Amen. And listen, don't forget, this Wednesday night, we're going to be having a, um, a connect night. We're going to have an abbreviated service. We're going to have some food out here, some refreshments. Encourage you to come out. And, we, you know, it's good sometimes after you accomplish something, to celebrate. Amen. We're going to have a celebration of sorts. So I encourage you to come out. May the Lord and the favor and blessing of God be upon you and your family. And may he just do incredible and supernatural things in 2016. I declare it. I speak it. I proclaim it into the heavens. And I declare the favor of the Lord over you as you go. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.